0: But there must be alternatives. You must have some technology that could solve our problem. Your problem is not technology. The problem is you. You lack the will to change. Then help us, Jay. I cannot change your nature. You treat the world as you treat each other. But every civilization reaches a crisis point eventually. Most of them don't make it. Yours did. How? Our son was dying. We had to evolve in order to survive. So it was only when your world was threatened with destruction that you became what you are now? Yes. Well, that's where we are. You say we're on the brink of destruction, and you're right. But it's only on the brink that people find the will to change. Only at the precipice do we evolve. This is our moment. Don't take it from us. We're close to an answer.
1: This is Ed Hoffman, and welcome to the main event. Yes, we're close to an answer. Only at the precipice do we have the will to change. Kind of where we are. I used that clip from the movie uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Not the one from the 1940s or 50s, but the one from like uh, 10 years ago. Uh, one with uh, Keanu Reeves. So uh, if you haven't seen it, it actually a, has a lot of good, good movie clips in there. I haven't used that one for a long time, and I think it's fitting with where we are. Are in the in the world today, and with uh, seventy, depending on what day you're listening to this, 73, 74 days left till the election, when we can uh, we can make the decision to uh, to destroy our country, or we can make the decision to uh, to save it. So uh, so we're gonna talk about that and uh, I'm gonna get right to my introduction before we go on. Let, first, let me introduce myself. My name's Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender, located in the city of Merino Valley, also offices in Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all of Southern California and Arizona for all your real estate financing needs. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, whether that's refinancing the house you have or to buy a new one buy a new house to live in buy a new vacation home uh, new investment property or maybe get your kids out of the basement of your house and get them a house or if you're a senior even one of those reverse mortgage things and you're not really sure how they work call me toll free and i'll give you the answers 855-640-2020 that's 855-640-2020 one last time day or night toll free area code 855-640-2020 if you want to get some information but you don't want to talk on the phone because you want, don't want me to hear your voice or you don't want some of your coworkers to hear your voice while you're at work, stealing time from your boss. Wait till you're off or wait till you're... Lunch break. Don't steal time from your boss. I'm a boss, so I have a whole bunch of those guys. So uh, don't steal time. But uh, when you're on your break, go to edhoffman.net. Click on Apply Now. Give me as much information as you want me to have, and let me know how much information you need. You'll hear back from me or one of my teammates: Matt Bradbury, Randy Sampius, Alex Rojas, Eric Marquez, or Cody Bradbury. No relation to Matt, just coincidence. And we will uh, will contact you any way you want: email, text, cell phone. Home phone, however you want to be contacting. We'll give you all the information you want Walk you, uh, walk you through. Uh, if you hear something you want repeated, you can uh, hear this show repeated by also going to edhoffman.net. Click on List the Main Event. You can hear this show as well as several past shows as well as uh, you, you can get our podcast on iTunes. Search the Main Event or search Ed Hoffman. And uh, you can subscribe for free. It'll download once a week to your device. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I, t- I tweet about current events all week long. And you can like our Facebook, uh, our show on Facebook. Uh, Facebook search the main event 590, and you'll find the show page. And you can also read my weekly opinion columns on IE Business Daily. And now, if you don't know what my, uh, if you don't know how to find out more about what I think, you're not trying. So anyway, we have a treat for you this week. Uh, in addition to my regular guest, guest uh, or my uh, co-host Scott McAfee, proprietor of Don Bikes. Yo, Ed. Great to be kicking it in the house with you once again. In addition to uh, Scotty and myself, we have uh, uh, the California representative from the Trump campaign, Rachel Gunther, is the Los Angeles County Regional Chair for the Trump campaign. Rachel, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. And we also have Felix Vega, California Delegate at Large per for the 32nd uh, district. Felix, welcome to our show. Thank you, Ed. Very nice to be here. All right, so uh, we're we got Trump people in the in the studio. Let's talk Trump. So let's start with this. As of 30 Real Clear Politics average had Hillary Clinton at 47.7, Trump at 41.7. We got 73 or 74 days left of the campaign. What can we do to turn it around?
2: We want volunteers. We want you guys out there that, want Trump, that are Trumpers and want Trump to win to come help us out in LA County, all over Southern California, all over Northern California, we want you. Uh, we have opportunities all over. You can do social media, you can do phoning, you can do canvassing. We have all sorts of activities and opportunities for you to help Mr. Trump turn this around and win California for, uh, for us. So if you have any interest at all in volunteering, please join us, we are mobilizing, we are organizing, we're excited for Mr. Trump and we'd love to have you come and participate in all of the activities and uh, events that we're doing in support of Mr. Trump.
1: And how they, is there a website or something they can go to?
2: Yes, the way to join, uh, the the way for you to volunteer is to go on the Facebook group page called Californians for Trump, and you click on the pinned post, and you search for your county, and you're in, and you just fill out the sign up genius information uh, request the registration form that requests for your information, and we can hook you up with your city leaders that will then direct you to whatever committee you'd like to do. You can do the phoning, you can do the, the walking door to door, you can do the social media, helping us with our Twitter storm, you know, Twittering for Mr. Trump. And other activities like. I think like...
1: it's called tweeting. Oh. <laughs> Not that I'm an expert, but I play one on TV.
2: Okay, you tweeting.
1: can Twitter if you want.
2: <laughs> Twittering or tweeting for Mr. Trump.
1: <laughs> for and... those of you that can't see how gorgeous we are, we're all we're all uh, you know in our in our fifties in the, in here. So uh, 60s. you Sixties. Know, Sixties. Okay. Well, we're we're all we're all above thirty. So, you know, this social media stuff is kind of new for us. We have kids that teach us how.
3: Rachel, I want to ask you one question that we talked about earlier, and that's why would you bother in California anyways? Because aren't we always told that, well, California is kind of a foregone conclusion. Why put any money, time, or resources into this state?
2: Oh, come on. California is going to turn red for Mr. Trump. Yeah, okay. Uh, The latest L.A. Times poll showed him two points ahead of Hillary. Wow. Now, L.A. Times, as you know, is not the most conservative newspaper around. So for them to even give Trump a two-point lead is remarkable. And
1: Was that a national poll or a California poll?
2: It was an L.A. poll. LA. Now, mind you, L.A. County is one of the biggest counties in the United States, if not California. And it's, and it's
1: quite blue, isn't it?
2: It's very blue, but we're gonna turn it red. You know, that's that's just a little opening that they're giving us, two points is amazing. So I just feel that if we can get more people involved if we can get more people, oh, by the way, election integrity, I'm sorry to I forgot to mention that. We want to hear all these little tips.
3: Yeah. The point of having you guys on is because everybody needs to get involved. The country's at stake and we got a couple of months to turn this thing around. Mm -hmm. So unless everybody pitches in and becomes part of the solution, we're going to lose this country.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that we are very, very focused on as well is called the Election Integrity Project. What's the use of us working hard to get Trump elected and getting voters out there voting for him if we can't protect the integrity of our votes? There's a significant amount of voter fraud that's been found in L.A. County. And that's why this is like the, the target zone. The, this is our, our, our major zone of, of, of defense in, in trying to prevent voter fraud. Because, for example, Election Integrity, along with Judicial Watch, was able to, um, to uh, get the thir- over 35,000 names of dead people off of the active roles in Ella County.
3: Was Bill Clinton on that list? (laughs) Because, I mean, he seems, you know, like the walking dead when I see him.
1: He's he's on the the deceased list in uh, Little Rock County, Arkansas. So there
2: are a lot of things that you can do besides phoning, besides walking. You can also be part of the Election Integrity Project. Our veterans for Trump are very active in that.
3: How do do, do people find out about that?
2: Go on their website. It's called electionintegrityproject.com.
3: Election integrity project Hope oh, people are writing this stuff down because this is really important.
1: Yeah, or uh, or replay this. Replay this yes. on the podcast so you can yeah. so you can write it down if, if you in
3: project.com It
1: exactly. should be easy to remember.
2: Right. Okay. And these are things you go on their website and you donate a little money, and they train you in what's what signs to look out for.
3: Okay, and you're talking about poll watchers,
2: po- right? observers. Okay, poll so observers. these are
3: people that will go to polls mm-hmm. and actually uh, make sure there's no hanky panky going, going on. on, making sure there are dead people walking in there and voting. <laughs> exactly. Because as we know, the thing about this dead voter thing, it's like okay, it's proof that Democrats can do stupid things even after death. Ed,
1: yes, that's correct. And uh, you know, we've uh, we've had times where we where we did our absentee ballot but we always take them into the registrar on uh, election day because i want to i want to get my i voted sticker and uh you know i want to be a part of it on election day and it was so crowded at one one election that they had people in the driveway you'd drive up and hand them your hand them your envelope and my wife's going How do we know those that box of that box of ballots is even getting inside?
2: Exactly. There's there's so many shenanigans that goes on, and unless we step up, you know, the 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 being vigilant, unless we step it up and and really look out for these signs, and unless we train people to look out for whatever is, you know, unusual, then it's never going to get caught. We're never going to know how many votes of ours were stolen.
1: And for some of you out there that say, ah, there's nothing we could do, there's nothing we could do. I'm sure it's all fair. It's not. Mm-mm. It's not. If we give if we give these guys the opportunity to uh, to cheat, they will. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the let's talk about the issue that got people excited about Trump in the first place: illegal immigration. Um, according to Pew Research Center, California has the largest number of illegal immigrants in the United States, as an an estimated 2.4 million um, 2.4 million in California. Okay, so one thing one thing I've noticed is that people who call Trump racist for all his views on illegal immigration are almost never from California or uh, or any other border states. And they don't have to deal with the fallout of illegal immigration from Mexico like we do. And, you know, they live on the East Coast. What are your guys' thoughts? Felix, you want to jump in Um, being a Latino?
4: Well, listen, the uh, Latinos have gotten have been sold a bad bag of goods by the Democrats. Uh, You look at. uh, all the uh, statistics with regards to jobs, uh, with regards to uh, education, with regards to uh, income, and it just hasn't happened, as it has not happened also in in the black community. And so uh, the Trump campaign uh, is listening to the needs of the people. Um, Immigration is important, but it's not the only issue that the Latino people are concerned about. Uh, We're concerned about jobs. Uh, you know, we're concerned about safety. We're concerned about education. And so, and the Trump campaign, Mr. Trump is addressing those problems. He's not procrastinating. He's hitting them head on. And we're making a concerted effort to get the words out to the Latino community that Donald Trump has the best program and the best plans to help the Latino people as well as the
3: black people, the Asian people, And And the um, white people, too. And the white people, too. All of us. Hello. (laughs) And I think it's a mistake to think that all Latinos want open borders. I know my wife and her family don't, nor why would anybody else? I mean, you're talking about losing jobs. Uh, You're talking about bringing down the average wage, not to mention the cultural impact. You know, it's like any more than I want a bunch of people coming over from England illegally. God knows with all their bad teeth, it would break our national economy by itself. You know, so i mean how do you address that i mean well you know the the bottom line scott and ed is that look people that are coming over
4: illegally it's not fair okay uh my wife's uh family uh, came over from mexico legally they paid their dues they all went through the legal process and uh because of it they're uh not only proud but there is a sincerity there's a heritage that Uh, They really are citizens. They really are a part. When you come over illegally, it's not fair. It's not fair to the people that have been waiting in line, uh, going through the entire procedure. Uh, It's not fair for our jobs. It's not fair for our education. It's not fair for uh, all the benefits that these people are getting that really are not deserving. And it's not fair to the American
3: people. Right. And I do think it's a winning. I think it's a message that Trump can win on. And let's face it, the Republican Party in general has been weak on this issue. No Republicans would be talking about putting up a wall. It, they just wouldn't. So Trump was probably the first to come out on that issue. And it's kind of funny because my sister was also a delegate for the Democrat side. She's been a lifelong Democrat, has worked on Democrat campaigns, Democrat fundraisers. She's going for Trump. And I asked her why. She says, it's about immigration. He's telling it like it is, and I like it. I'm like, wow. That, That's right. that to me was extremely powerful.
1: Maybe right. the, maybe there's hope for my sister then.
3: Maybe, yes. Ed. Maybe, Ed. We'll Renee, put her on the show Renee, next
1: you, week. Renee, are you listening? I'm, I'm going to email and make sure you listen to this show. <clears throat> so, you know, this, uh, on the immigration front, you know, this week uh, Trump was roundly criticized for his poli- his policy shift on illegal immigration. And I don't know that, there's anything he can, no matter what he says, the Democrats are going to criticize it and make he's either a racist or he's mm-hmm. being soft or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's play some of his statements from earlier in the campaign. Then we'll compare to what, he, what we heard from him this week.
0: They have to go. What if they have no place to go? We will work with them. They have to go. Chuck, we either have a country or we don't have a country. Are you
5: going to have a massive deportation force?
0: You're going to have a deportation force, and you're going to do it humanely. They're going back where they came. If they came from a certain country, they're going to be brought back to that country. Mm -hmm. That's the way it's supposed to be. Now, they can come back, but they have to come back legally. We either have a country or we don't have a country. We have at least 11 million people in this country that came in illegally. They will go out.
1: And if you, uh, if you read uh, Ann Coulter's book, uh, Adios America, it's really not 11 million, it's about it's 30, 30 million. Mm-hmm. And uh, so these are a few things that drew us to Trump in the first place. Now let's play some of what he said to Sean Hannity this week and listen how the crowd reacted.
0: Originally you had said they're all out and there was a big brouhaha, but you're saying that if somebody can prove that they've been here, proven to be a citizen. But well, here's the big question though. Go ahead. No citizenship. There's no amnesty. Right. But we work with them now. okay. But when I look at the rooms, and I have this all over. Now, everybody agrees we get the bad ones out. But when I go through and I meet thousands and thousands of people on this subject, and I've had very strong people come up to me, really great, great people come up to me. And they've said, Mr. Trump, I love you. But to take a person that's been here for 15 or 20 years and throw them and the family out, it's so tough, Mr. Trump. I mean, I have it all the time. It's a very, very hard thing.
1: And, you know, Chris Matthews asked the fervent Trump supporter Ann Coulter, who uh, is quite the lady when she comes on our show. (laughs) <laughs> no comment, Ed. No comment. But he, but she's been on MSNBC. She doesn't sound too happy about this shift because she just came out with a uh, with a, a new book. Was it called Trump to the Rescue? Something in,
2: in Trump we trust. In Trump, Trump we, trust. we trust. Okay, there
1: it is. Uh, let's play uh, what Ann Coulter said how's it different than
0: obama
2: how's
5: it
0: different from all the candidates he just beat i go through that's one of the five talking points every
3: politician says deport the the felons
0: well it's very different from the actual policy
5: but they all say that and it just sounds very consultant to me this could be the shortest book tour ever if he's really softening his position on immigration
1: is he really softening or is he just being more realistic
4: you know what how about giving mr trump some credit for attacking the problem. Everybody else has procrastinated nobody else has wanted to attack the problem you know it's really really frustrating for me and a lot of the people uh, in my community hearing all the negative stuff about Trump hearing all of the uh, stuff that he did this and he said that listen he's the only guy that's attacking the problem head on okay uh, it, it, and and it could a lot of people said you know that could be political suicide for you and he says look it's a problem we have to face all right this is a man with integrity let me tell you something about Donald Trump when I look at Donald Trump this is a thing that took me over the hump for him look at the man's motives all right he's got all the money in the world he's got a beautiful family Okay. Why would he want to do this? Why would he want to jeopardize his family? Why would he want to jeopardize his children? Why would he want to endanger them unless he didn't have good motives? The man has good motives. He's facing the problems. And this is what America needs to be able to move forward and get the country out of the mess that we're in right now.
1: And I think this is what the majority of Americans How they're drawn to him because they're tired of the BS, the smoke up my up my rear end on, uh, you know, by all the politicians. And and it's hard for me to believe I have one of my employees sit down with me and try to show me what a what a clear thinker he is and talk about how it's okay, You know what what Hillary's done. Everybody's Mm -hmm. done. How can you how can you want a, a felon? You know, I say, how can you want someone who's a felon like that to run our country? Has she been convicted of anything? Has O.J. Simpson been convicted of murder, but did he murder? Uh, I don't know. He wasn't convicted, but
3: well, you br- you common bring, sense. Says, right, and Felix, you bring up a great point is that Trump is pretty much endangering his financial career by doing this. Exactly, He's taking on one of the most powerful political forces in the country, the political left. And as we can tell, and we'll talk about this later on the show, they fight dirty. They fight mean. Mm-hmm. They're going to try and destroy you in every way, shape, and form that they can. And you see that in all ways, shapes and forms. I mean, people that are blacklisted from Hollywood, um, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, People who can't get jobs because, you know, at universities and colleges because of their political beliefs. That's a baloney. People on the right don't do that. Mm -hmm. I'm an employer. I don't discriminate based on somebody's political preferences, whether they work for me or not. Mm -hmm. I just want to know if you can do the job. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, oh, then yes. then, here, then here's the, the next problem. Uh, one, thing, one thing that Trump is doing right, let's talk about this real quick. I left out one clip. One thing Trump's doing right is using uh, Democrats own words against him. Let's talk about how he turned, turned around uh, and called Hillary Clinton the same thing that people have been calling him.
0: Hillary Clinton is a bigot who sees people of color only as votes, not as human beings worthy of a better future. She's going to do nothing for African Americans. She's going to do nothing for the Hispanics. She doesn't care what her policies have done to your communities.
1: And finally, let's talk about people who are telling fellow conservatives, this is this uh, is near and dear to Scott's heart, I know, uh, that are telling fellow conservatives not to vote for Trump, people like Glenn Beck. He said all kinds of rude things to, about Trump to Megan Kelly this week. Here's a here's a short clip of it.
5: Donald Trump, I, I don't believe um, a word he has said uh, from the beginning on um, uh, on any of his policies. Mm-hmm. And do you think do you think it's a situation, a uh, Glenn, where he, he's going to say what he wants what, what he wants and what he what he thinks he needs to say to get elected, and then we'll find out we'll find out how he governs? But his supporters believe mm-hmm. will like the answer. Well. Yes, they do. And, and Nancy Pelosi believed when she said about Obamacare that you have to it's like Christmas. You have to open the box to see what's in it. <laughs> yeah. um, you have to vote for it before we tell you what's in it. No, thank you.
1: Once upon a time, I was a Glenn Beck fan, but I just don't understand our country is at stake right now. We have Trump. The people selected Trump. Nobody in California did because uh, we didn't have a choice. But that was we're all behind him now. And what is his motive?
3: Please go ahead,
2: Uh, Rachel. Can I just uh, interject? Um, You know, he's always been a Ted Cruiser. Yes. He's always supported Ted. And I just feel it's probably more of a personal grudge on his part, a sore loser, because of the fact that Ted Cruz just did not even get anywhere, did not get any traction. You know, the never Trumpers never got any traction. And he was one of those never Trumpers. Okay. So it, it could be sour grapes on his part.
3: Well, that could be true. But you know what? I'm I'm a Ted Cruz supporter as well. And I'm here now. And I think uh, Glenn Beck is a kook. Um, and those little glasses he's wearing don't help either. The problem with Glenn Beck is he actually lays out a case to vote for Trump, meaning he says... Well, on the one hand, I have Hillary, which I know will be poison. On the other hand, what's the best case scenario with Trump? We may, this is this is Glenn Beck's exact words, we may get a couple of Supreme Court justices we could live with, and I might be completely wrong about Trump. Well, then isn't that the reason to vote for him, you fruitcake? You know, <laughs> yeah. please, right. you're making the case why you would vote for him. And then, and then what's his option though? This is the most frustrating thing for me about Glenn Beck. There is no option. So Glenn, tell us what you want us to do. What does he say? Well, I'm gonna vote for the underdog party I don't know what that is. Maybe I'm just too stupid to know that when when people are vague, it really frustrates me. I'm not exactly sure what his solution is. I will tell
1: you for the the people that are listening to our show, for the people that are the general public are not smart. They're not smart. The people that listen to our show are. But you know what? The people that, that are listening your coworkers, your family members, the people that are watching football, the people that are not listening to this because they're listening to the Dodger game or something else that's more important to them. We need to talk to them because they're not smart. They're not engaged. We need to talk to them and make them understand how important it is to not miss out on voting, to not vote for Hillary because it's so historic that it's going to be a woman in president because she has a, a uterus, and uh, you know that's more the most important thing uh, than uh, than actually saving our country. We need to take a stand. We got about a minute left, Rachel.
2: Take it away. What should people do, Rachel? Come on, join us, Californians for Trump on Facebook. Page. It's our Facebook group. Click on the pinned post, and that's where you sign up. And we want to hear from you. We want you going. We want you activated. We want you engaged. Please, let's get Trump elected. Let's turn California red.
3: Let's do the final comment.
4: Bottom line, uh, uh, Ed uh, and uh, Scott, Donald Trump cannot be bought. That's the bottom line. Okay. nobody's nobody is going to have him in in, in their pocket. Uh, The man is going to do the right thing for America. He's going to do the right thing for the people. And you know what? We deserve it.
1: We know absolutely that Hillary's going to do the wrong thing. She's going to do the right thing for her and Bill. Exactly. And nothing and anybody who donates to her and Bill, we need to do what's right. November eighth, folks. Time to get, get out, out th- the couch. Get out there and, tru- and get, get out on there the Trump train. Get on the Trump train and go to electionintegrityproject.com. And the Facebook is
2: Californians for Trump.
1: Californians for Trump. Uh, Rachel Felix, thanks for joining us on the Thank main you. event. Thank we'll you have you back. We, Thank we got you, about Scott. seventy some days left. Okay, Thank thanks. You. Well, stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials. We'll be right back with part two of the main event. Welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. If you want to get any information about uh, real estate financing, because I don't talk about it much on the radio, but if you need some answers about it, 855-640-2020. If you hear something that sounds like common sense and you want to have someone that deals with you with common sense and thinks like you when you're uh, dealing with uh, financing your house if it sounds like i you and i think alike, 855-640-2020. Okay, so uh if you didn't hear the first half in with me in the studio, my co-pilot Scott McFeek, proprietor of Don's Bikes in the house Ed. And let's uh let's let's get to uh, let's get to all the stuff that's happening this week. Uh, besides, uh, how are we going to get Trump elected? So uh, every week there's another batch of incriminating emails in the Clinton Foundation pay to play scandal. This week, the FBI collected fifteen thousand new emails, and a federal, George has, a federal judge has ordered that the State Department accelerate their release. Where did those fifteen thousand come Who's, from?
3: Where do these things just show up, Ed?
1: It's like it's like the Easter Bunny.
3: It's kind of like you remember all those votes for Al Franken that just showed up in the trunk of somebody's car and they all for, were, were all for uh, Al Franken yeah
1: and remember when uh, <laughs> remember when uh, the, during uh, when Romney was running that the, uh, you know some of these some of these precincts they had 100 percent votes for Obama no votes for no votes in an entire precinct for Romney
3: you would think that at least one person might have just oh I don't know accidentally colored the wrong bubble.
1: Exactly. You know, no, exactly. FBI collected fifteen thousand new emails. They just collected them. Nice. They went door to door. Okay. So in the meantime, Judicial Watch has released twenty email exchanges they obtained this week. Judicial Watch. There's there's an organization that does stuff.
3: They are some really cool people.
1: I like I like them. I'm uh, actually going to write them a check this week. Nice. I'm sure they'll be calling me to say, Hey, did you put that check in? You talked about <laughs> on the radio. And, of course, the messages contain more evidence from the, from the pay-to-play scheme that allowed wealthy foreign donors to the Clinton Foundation to access the State Department. And, of course, uh, like I said earlier, you know, my one employee, who is a very clear thinker, says, were they, was anybody uh, convicted of anything? I guess not. Then I guess there's no problem. One revelation involved the crown prince of Bahrain. Here's the, the Republican National Committee communications director, Sean Spicer, on that.
5: These revelations that keep coming out, they send out these spokespeople that can't answer the question and and try to deflect and continue to for the 30-year talking point of the Clintons about how it's a far-right wing conspiracy. But the fact of the matter is, one of the emails comes out, and has from the Crown Prince of Bahrain, Bahrain, talks about that he couldn't get a meeting through official channels to the State Department. They pushed him over to the Clinton Foundation, and lo and behold, for $32 million, he got to meet the secretary. So I mean, this is literally the definition of quid pro quo, pay to play insider access the clintons have one set of rules for themselves and one for everyone else but this idea of enriching themselves
1: continues yeah can you believe uh, that can you believe that there's even anybody who can you believe we're even questioning whether trump can win in this in this race
3: well the fact that hillary clinton has any kind of lead of all is is ludicrous and if we as a nation are stupid enough to put this lady in the presidency we deserve it. We deserve to go the same way that Rome did, and Egypt, and all the great civilizations of the world that just became extinct, largely due to their own stupidity. Um, can you imagine if George George W. Bush had this kind of stuff going on? What would be happening to him now, Ed? Uh, he'd be he'd be assassinated. He'd already. be done. He would have been not not
1: by uh, not by a, a bad guy, but they would have they would have hung him on in front of the Capitol building.
3: Yeah, uh, you know the fact she's getting away with this stuff. It's like, do people care? you mean at what point do people go okay 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 now we know we can't put that felon in the White House what what is it gonna take I'm I'm beside myself I okay. don't know I don't know but it's so it's gonna be so cool
1: to have a woman president for the first time yeah a woman felon exactly okay. it's, you guys realize realize I'm talking to you parents of college kids they're are over 18 they get to vote screw their heads on straight if that means you got to screw their heads off, twist their heads off like a bottle cap and then re-thread them back on whatever it takes plus the Associated uh, Associated Press reported this week more than half the people who privately met with Hillary while she was Secretary of State donated to the Clinton Foundation the Associated Press reports include these facts 154 people from private interests met or spoke with Clinton 85 of those people donated to the Clinton Foundation. The total of their donations for 85 people was $156 million. So apparently cost like about a million seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you wanna meet with the Secretary of State.
3: This is not hard to put these pieces together. These are very simple little facts. And you gotta look at these facts, scratch your head and go, hmm.
1: Exactly, and I heard I heard one guy on uh, on Fox this morning say that. Well, you know what? There's she met with over seventeen hundred people that uh, that they didn't they left out that aren't even these people. Well, let's see. Hold on, she's only Secretary of State for like fourteen hundred days, and she spent a lot of those days on an airplane. And how many people? When she walks into a room, you count every single person she walked by and said hi to. How do you meet with uh, with seventeen hundred people plus these other people?
3: What, it's kind of like their defense is, well, what about all the people that met with her that d- didn't make a donation? <laughs> you
1: know? I know. No? She, she met with a couple of people at Del Taco. <laughs> she went in to order... Uh, what was it? Del, Del Taco? Not Del Taco. It was... Uh, uh, I don't remember. What's the name of that place? Chipotle. <laughs> she went to get a burrito oh, that's bowl. Right. That's right. She didn't say anything to anybody, but she met with them. Hey, there's like six people in this place working. So uh, despite this overwhelming evidence... Uh, of, of impropriety, Clinton's people are claiming the report is false. Here's her campaign ag- campaign manager, Robbie Mook. By our
5: count, there were over 1,700 other meetings that she had. You know, she was Secretary of State. She was meeting with foreign officials and government officials uh, constantly. So to pull all of them out of the equation, cherry pick a very small number of meetings uh, is
1: is is pretty outrageous. Yeah, he sounds, he sounds like a uh, used car salesman.
3: Yeah, dude, it was like half. And, of course, the point is he doesn't negate the charge. He doesn't say that, no, those people didn't give donations. He, you know what I mean? He just spins this crap They're try to def- deflect into some other topic. And hello, all you people out there
1: that don't think very clearly, that can't think for yourselves and go, hey, she wasn't convicted of anything. Okay, she's in there. She's, she's uh, skimming the tap there. She's she's skimming the till. She's she's like, have you seen that movie in uh, uh, called Casino? Uh, was it Casino or was it Goodfellas? No, it was Casino, where they skim it. They skim the the they skim the skim, and the one guy they're skimming all that money out of Vegas, and they're taking it to the mob guys back east, and the guy who's delivering it skims a little bit, and the next person skims a little bit. Hillary and Bill Clinton are skimming our tax money. They're skimming. They're using our our government as a private little enterprise for themselves. Here's uh, Bill Clinton, uh, what he has to say about the whole thing.
0: We're trying to do good
3: things. If there's something wrong with creating jobs and saving lives, I don't know what it is. And the, the people who gave the money knew exactly what they were doing. And I have nothing to say about it. I'm very, except I'm really proud. I'm proud of what they've done.
1: Yeah, you couldn't hear it. It wasn't very clear of No, audio. That's, just,
3: that's just Bill Clinton's almost dead. But. I'm yeah. very proud of what they're doing, saving lives. Pretty and great much, jobs. Well, but but he did say uh, those people knew exactly what they were doing. I agree with Bill on that point. Those people didn't know exactly what they were doing. They were buying access.
1: They're buying their way into the federal government. Yes, that's uh, run by run by us taxpayers, or that's that's paid for by us taxpayers. And these criminals are taking our money. Well, you and know, you
3: know, it's a scam when the, when the Clintons are being paid, whatever it is, a quarter million dollars a speech. Have you ever heard Hillary Clinton speak? Have you ever heard Bill Clinton speak? you'd pay money to not listen to it. Well, you know,
1: back in the day when Clinton was still alive, back when he had blood running through his veins, mm-hmm. he was pretty smooth.
3: Yes. But, but but okay, fine, but I'm talking about now. He'd be a great
1: car salesman. If I owned a car dealer, I'd be sure to ha- to to uh, to hire Bill Clinton.
3: Okay. All right.
1: Or if I ran a If I ran a brothel.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. But what about what it'd be like, Bill, how come you're never out in the front counter?
1: Uh, Exactly.
3: You know, (laughs) but the ultimate Clinton Foundation defender
1: this week was longtime Clinton ally, James Carville. Is he the Cajun from the raging? He is a
3: weird dude.
1: He resorted to good old fashioned fear mongering when asked asked about on CNN.
0: The Clinton Foundation was was a taking no money for the Clintons, raising money from rich people and giving it to poor people. And all of a sudden, the press has decided that we're going to go after this and shut it down. And you know what? You're probably going to be successful, and, and they're going to be they're going to be people that are going to die because of this.
1: People are going to die.
3: People are going to die. Because they're they're going to die ready. because of the Clinton it's Foundation good. being shut down. <laughs> Dadgummit! Dadgummit! Because it was they gave almost fifteen percent of their annual revenue to charitable causes. They're robbing from the rich and giving to the poor. Yeah. This well, is the Robin Hood Foundation. James, what about the rest of the eighty-five percent money? Where's that going? Exactly.
1: Hey, you know where's all that money that? Uh, Ah, uh, uh, Bill Clinton got together with uh, you know Barack Obama got Bill Clinton and uh, and uh, George W. Bush to go out and raise some money for Haiti, and uh, so, and all the money went into the Clinton Foundation. Only ten percent came out. Mmm, that's an interesting statistic you point out there, Ed. I don't know where all that money went, but <laughs> you know uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Bill Hillary, they donated uh, like a million dollars to that. They took a big tax write-off for giving money to themselves. <laughs> Let's see. They gave a million dollars. They made almost 10 million. They yeah. gave almost 10%. So let's just round it to a million. Okay. About 80 plus percent of that was to the Clinton Foundation. Mm. So they gave away, they said like 9.4% to, to charitable. They took tax write off for 9.4%. So there's. let's just round it to an even million. And let's say, so they gave 80% of that to the Clinton Foundation. They gave $800,000 to themselves, took a tax write off, saved $400,000 in taxes, and then they spent the they spent eight hundred
3: thousand dollars on themselves. Ed, you're missing the point. For every twenty dollars you donate to the Clinton Foundation, we're going to give a dollar to where it needs to go. And you know where it needs to go? We're going to we say it needs. To go. We're going to drive drive through Popeyes and get us some red beans and rice and some of that spicy chicken. Nice, nice.
1: Ah. Oh. Yep. Where were we? You know, how stupid is this, folks? If, you, if you're even thinking about voting for Hillary Clinton, if you know somebody stupid enough that they're thinking about voting for Hillary Clinton, you know what? <laughs> Slap them upside the head. <laughs> Here's what Peter Schweitzer, author of the book Clinton Cash, had to say about it.
5: No, well, I mean, James Carville, uh, with all due respect, doesn't know what the Clinton Foundation does. Uh, first of all, it doesn't give money to poor people. It gives money to highly paid consultants who are on the Clinton Foundation payroll
1: who are highly paid consultants. You know what I heard uh, Hillary say? We 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 negotiated contracts so so HIV AIDS uh, victims can get can buy can buy their drugs at a, at a at an affordable price. They didn't buy any drugs for these people. They didn't help them get stuff for free. They negotiated a contract. So they paid, paid a negotiator. They paid a highly paid consultant <laughs> to negotiate with the drug companies to give them a discount. And then they then they put them in a private jet. Full of hookers and and liquor and <laughs> drugs and they they flew them up. they flew them in uh in uh, what do they call that Hooters
3: Airlines <laughs> private private charter now Ed, this is all pure conjecture on your part yes it is okay. but I sound like Jesse Jackson just I then. see I see I think
1: and I understand mm, okay. I just go hey you know what if it walks like a duck or if it I say waddles like a duck if it quacks like a duck if it's got a big long beak on the front of it that's it's Hillary Orange. Clinton. Exactly. (laughs) So, who are these highly? So, wears a pantsuit. Exactly. Who are these highly paid consultants with pantsuits? Schweitzer explains it's the consulting group Teneo Holdings, founded by the Clinton Foundation advisor and Bill Clinton aide Doug Band, who we talked about last week. Listen to Schweitzer describe the seedy ties between this firm and the Clinton Foundation, in addition to Bill, Hillary, and their senior staff members.
5: And there's a lot of mystery there, uh, because unlike the Clinton Foundation that of course has to file uh, tax filings, 990s with the federal government, uh, Taneo is a privately held consulting firm. And what we know is, like the Clinton Foundation and the State Department, there was this massive blurring of lines between the two. The same is true with this consulting firm. I mean, Uma Abedin at one point was on the payroll of the State Department, the Clinton Foundation, and Taneo Holdings all at the same time. Doug Band, who is connected to the Clinton Foundation is set up, help set up uh, Taneo, which of course puts Bill Clinton on the payroll. So it's all a mishmash. The reason we have ethical rules and laws to create clear lines is precisely to avoid conflicts of interest and corruption. And this is precisely what the Clintons did, is they blurred the lines where there are supposed to be clear lines.
1: So let me see if I got this right. I just heard that clip one time. Okay. Maybe maybe twice. So the Clinton Foundation is is paying highly paid consultants. And to get those highly paid consultants, they created Teneo Holdings. So they created their own company, hired these, these these consultants for the Clinton Foundation to pay out and write that off as a nonprofit. <laughs> and, then, and then they put their own employees, uh, Uma Abedin, who was uh, uh, Hillary Clinton's assistant, uh, at the State Uma, Department. Uma wiener. And uh her la- and she's married to uh to uh Anthony Wiener Anthony Wiener. Mm-hmm. Anthony Wiener, the Thus guy making the, her a wiener. the guy who liked to to uh, do sexting mm-hmm. uh, taking pictures of his wiener and uh, yeah. and send it to various women mm-hmm. while they're married. Uh, if you remember the story, uh what's that two years ago, three years ago? Yeah, yeah Wienergate. Yeah Wienergate. Yep. So uh, so She's on the she's on the payroll, of the State Department, the Clinton Foundation, and Taneo Holdings. And then they create Taneo Holdings, and they put Bill Clinton as a as a, on the payroll. So he's not being paid by the Clinton Foundation; he's being paid by Taneo Holdings. Who's being paid by the Clinton Foundation?
3: Ed, you're completely losing me. This corruption is thicker than a Mississippi fog, and a you know split peas bowl. I, I'm I'm just losing the whole thing. Hey, when we're talking Cajun, it's red beans and rice. Okay, and Uma Abedin was working for Chipotle at the same time as all the rest. And she made a burrito bowl, and she put she put way more meat than was supposed to be in there. <laughs> it's this is just a mess. It's corruption on top of corruption, and they're getting away with it. And they just pretty much think they can do it. You and know? pretty
1: much everybody, everybody in America. Well, let's say let's say a lot of people in America, more than fifty percent of them, just are too stupid to think this matters.
3: Yeah, uh, un- unbelievable. Yeah, but how about them Dodgers? Yeah, let's talk about the Lakers. Let's talk about let's talk about those
1: those those pillars of strength athletes that so we got all those gold medals at the at the olympics and it was a good and, Olympics. and what a great what a great example they made you know just before you get on the plane go into a gas station and bust up the bathroom and then you know
3: oh what can you say about that there's just some people at the elite levels of sports that are kind of stupid
1: i know you and know they're, and they're kids yep they're kids so hey parents you know what you, you should know, but teach who, your kids some right and wrong but
3: who hasn't trashed a, a brazilian restroom door and lied about it okay i guess i haven't
1: <laughs> me neither. All right. I haven't even I haven't even trashed a uh, a American. Uh, no, I'm no gas station bathroom. Uh-uh. No, haven't no. haven't done that yet. Oh yeah, my parents taught me. Uh, you know what? When I was a kid, when I was a kid and a young adult, I was more afraid of what my parents were gonna do to me if I messed up than I was of the police. And surprisingly, I never I never actually sat in the back of a police car. Okay. For some reason, I don't know. I guess that's unusual for people to go this long. And, of course, I'll be 55 next month, and I've never had a cavity either. So maybe I'm just special.
3: Congratulations, Ed. So,
1: hey, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you, thank you. So just when it seems like things can't possibly get worse for Hillary, WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange assures us that it can. Assange told Megyn Kelly this week that WikiLeaks has a big bomb to drop on Hillary before the election, saying it contains some unexpected angles that are quite interesting and entertaining. Megan asked him how much of an impact this mystery information might have on the election.
5: You know, right now, according to the average of all polls, she's beating Donald Trump by 5.5 uh, points nationwide. She's way ahead of him in most of the swing states, not all. Do you believe the information in your possession could be a game changer in the U.S. election?
6: I think it's significant. Uh, you know, it's, it depends on how it catches fire in the public uh, and in the media.
1: It, it depends <laughs> on how it Catches fire in the in the media in the public.
3: Okay,
1: it's uh you know it's something about you know what remember uh when we had we were playing clips of uh, Sebastian Gorka mm-hmm. and I had uh Joey Jones on here. Were you here that day? No. Oh well, uh, Joey Jones. Well, when you have an, he said when you have an accent like that, you just sound smart.
3: Well, this doesn't sound like a smart. Does this a smart accent? I mean, Julian
1: Assange. No, he doesn't have. He doesn't no. have that strong, bold Sebastian Gorka. Uh, that that cool accent. Right. He's got son of a. Hey, I'm kind of a. I'm kind of a weak suck, and uh, I live in Australia. Where is he living? No, he's
3: living in an embassy somewhere. Where's the embassy? What's, what what? What embassy is that again? Ecuador embassy. Oh yeah, that's he's been where I was living there spend. for like four or five years. Because if he comes out, he's going to be arrested. Beautiful tropical Ecuador.
1: Okay. So, uh, so uh, when will this intriguing information be released? Assange won't say, but Dana Perino has a prediction.
0: Prediction that the whatever it is that he has will come out the night before the third presidential debate, oh. act on the election, because she would have to be forced to have to answer it. On the debate stage, the third debate is the one that everyone pays attention to. I'm not giving Assange any ideas.
1: No, not any not any ideas. And uh, plus, Assange said he's not done investigating the DNC scandal, but that WikiLeaks shed light on uh, July. Remember two weeks ago when we talked about Assange hinting at suspicions that perhaps someone at the Democratic National Committee put a hit out on Democratic aide Seth Rich for blowing the whistle on their efforts to sabotage Bernie Sanders? Here's a clip from the second part of his uh, second part of his uh, interview uh, that some people th- don't remember.
6: Whistleblowers go to significant efforts to get us material and often very significant risks. As a 27-year-old uh, works for the DNC, who was shot in the back, murdered uh, just two weeks ago uh, for un- unknown reasons as he was walking down the street in Washington. So that was, that was just a robbery, I believe, wasn't it? No, there's no finding. So, uh, what, are sort of, what are you suggesting? What are you suggesting? I'm suggesting that our sources uh, take risks, and they are they become concerned uh, to see things occurring uh, like that. They become
3: uh, concerned because they've been shot in the back. I'm not really.
1: Yeah, you have people uh, people have reason to be concerned when they take those risks, but you know, people take the risk for. Whatever reason they think they're 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 exposing wrongdoing that they see, and then this week that was that clip was from a a week ago or two weeks ago, and uh, then this week on Megyn Kelly's uh, interview, this is what Assange says.
6: We will be reporting that information to the police. I don't think the information so far is enough to um, start uh, pointing any direct fingers. We don't want to compromise the police investigation.
5: Hmm. Trying to read you, Juliana whether you—yeah, I know you don't want to re- uh, reveal your source, but it certainly sounds like you're suggesting a man who, who leaked information to WikiLeaks was then murdered.
6: If there's someone who's potentially connected to our publications, and that person is then murdered in suspicious circumstances, it doesn't necessarily mean that the two are connected. But it is a very serious matter of any... That type of allegation is very serious, and it's taken very seriously by us.
3: Ed, let's be clear about one thing. Just because you leak Democrat documents, which uh, results in Debbie Blabbermouth Schultz resigning, that doesn't. And you're, and then you're assassinated, like whatever a week later. Those two things aren't necessarily related, Ed. It,
1: it could, it could be, could be a robbery. Of course, they. Left but it away.
3: wasn't a robbery, though. They didn't take his wallet or anything else.
1: Or his money, or they his wallet. They just watch, shot him. They just shot him and yeah. left him there.
3: Those two aren't necessarily related, Ed.
1: I think, I think he's using some reverse psychology. Yeah, I could feel it. I could feel it when he said it doesn't mean that's necessarily related. We're
3: turning information over to the police, but it's not necessarily related. No, because
1: he he knows he doesn't want to have he doesn't want to be on the list of Clinton casualties.
3: Well, and and can we just say that if, is this maybe a glimmer of how dark the Democrat Party really is? And
1: especially the especially the especially the Clinton machine, because if you look at the people that have that in her past, and we're gonna to have to do this on maybe uh, the next couple weeks show. If you if you Google Clinton casualties, you'll see there's like forty people that are dead since uh, since the Clintons were in the in the uh, in the governor's mansion in Arkansas. When people say things that that are embarrassing to the to Bill and Hillary, they just die.
3: Well, you know, the the thing is too, we are talking yeah, maybe, but yeah, but the thing is that we are talking about the ultimate leverages of power, ed. There is no more powerful position than being the president of the United States. This makes making a mob boss look like the head of the boy scout patrol by comparison. That there's no comparison. So, I guess when there's this much power uh on the line, uh, yeah, there's probably some darkness there that that even we couldn't uh couldn't imagine. I can't even imagine. You're yeah. right. You are correct. And and I and I
1: brought this up a couple weeks ago. But in addition to just think about this. Here's four people that have died since uh since June twenty second of this year. So between June twenty second and eight four Eight four, so that's uh, uh, six weeks. In six weeks, you've got on June twenty second. UN official John Asher died suspiciously the day before he was set to testify as a top official against the Democratic National Committee and Hillary Clinton. On six twenty two, then two weeks later, on two weeks later, the Democrat staffer Seth Conrad Rich, uh, only twenty seven, was shot in the back multiple times on his way to meet with the FBI to discuss the election fraud that's the guy that we're talking about that okay. WikiLeaks guy and then uh, 3 weeks after that Victor Thorne author of books exposing the Clintons found dead of a gunshot wound on the on a mountaintop near his home on on August 1st and he's the guy that actually went on the radio and in an interview said uh, he told he left he told everybody hey if i end up dead I didn't commit suicide. Wow. I would never do that. And then three days after that, Sean Lucas, lead attorney in the anti-Clinton DNC fraud case, and a Bernie Sanders supporter found dead at his home. Uh, on That was on 8-4, three days later. Wow. I don't know. It might just be a coincidence.
3: This lady needs to be defeated. Get out. Do your part. Contribute. Put in your time. The country's at stake. What more can I add, Ed? This stuff is important. Don't don't just turn the channel and go watch the Dodgers.
1: There's something more important. It's the future of our country for our kids and our grandkids. So do something. Talk to your friends, family and coworkers. We're out of time for uh, this episode of The Main Event. Scott, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Ed. And thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman and I'll be back again with you next week.